Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Mint Door Podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Schwint. And I'm Dr. Karen Tindall. We are excited to bring to you a guest today, Dr. Parul Dua Makar. And she completed her DDS at the University of Oklahoma College of Dentistry in 2003. She practiced in Calgary, Calgary, Alberta before moving to New York. And there she completed her GPR training at Staten Island University Hospital. Uh, She completed that in 2007 and has been in private practice ever since. Currently, she is the owner of PDM Family Dentistry in Long Island, where she resides with her husband and two boys. Now, Dr. Makar's life took a different trajectory when she lost her only younger sibling, a Calgary dentist, Dr. Manu Dua, to oral cancer in March 2021. Since his death, she devotes her time to educating doctors and patients about the risk factors, prevention, and advocating for early diagnosis of oral cancer. She has co-authored several dental journals, presents lectures to dentists, and has been guests on many podcasts. She is also host of the podcast, Life Interrupted, Dr. Dua's Survival Guide. It's a podcast companion to the book, and it features Alberta's prominent dental specialists and doctors. She believes oral care is the gateway to overall well-being and aims to have open conversations with her parents. She is recipient of the Denobi Award 2022 and LI Excellence in Healthcare in 2022. She has also co-authored the book, Life Interrupted, Dr. Dua's Survival Guide, which is a finalist for the CIPA Evie Award. So welcome to the Mint Door podcast, Dr. Parul Dua Makar. We are so excited to have you here today and grateful that you're spending a little bit of your time with us. Oh, thank you both, Lauren and Karen. Thank you for having me here. I'm delighted. Excellent. Well, we're super excited that you're here and we would like to start off your podcast the same way that we welcome all our guests with AR quick this or that quiz. So we, me and Laura are going to, in a very gentle way, rapid fire questions at you. <laughs> and uh, we just want the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So I'm going to start off and then Laura and I will take it in turns. Do you hair dry or air dry your hair? That. All right. Heels or oh. tennies? I'm sorry. Heels or tennies? Heels. Mm -hmm. do you prefer to wear yoga pants or jeans yoga pants Uh, are you an early bird or a night owl night owl would you like to visit the mountains or the ocean ocean um how about breakfast or no breakfast no breakfast Mm -hmm. do you like to eat in or eat out eat in Um, movies or Netflix? Netflix. Do you like to read a paper book or a Kindle? Paper book. Cat or dog? Dogs. Would you order a burger or a salad? Burger. And Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. (laughs) Very nice. That just seems like a nice relaxing, other than the yeah. heels. Yeah, you, you like your heels. I'm short. 
yoga pants and heels maybe that's yoga pants and heels right two different (laughs) options but yeah I'm sure it's I'm always in heels of some Mm -hmm. sort even Mm -hmm. my like Crocs I have with heels a little bit to give me a little inch or two (laughs) that's really (laughs) it yeah oh well I I I am right there with you I think you know neither Karen or I were blessed with the uh tall gene either so um (laughs) yeah vertically challenged so vertically challenged exactly oh well, speaking of challenges, um, your life took kind of a 180 degree turn um, in 2021, which isn't that long ago with your brother's death. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you were navigating grief on top of everything else. Looking back, what did you learn through this and what can you share with others who may be navigating this? Sure. So, yes, I lost my only and younger brother. And it's, you know, it's just, you think of life as going and a certain progression, you do lose your parents before any of your siblings, especially your younger sibling. And, you know, I learned to navigate grief, grief being very personal, you know, and nobody can tell you how to process it. Everybody is different. Um, I had to be a little bit more conscious about how I was dealing with it because I didn't want to take it in a negative turn, which can lead to addiction or other issues, Um, you know, overeating or exercising or getting into a bad habits. And so I had to really be positive because I had little ones navigating through it with me. Um, And it it hits you like nothing else. Uh, You know, before somebody would say, oh, my parent died or my sibling died or somebody in their family died, even a pet who somebody is very attached to. And I would be like, you know, you share your few words, condolences and you walk away. But grief is such a powerful emotion and it just stays with you and you work yourself. And that's what I learned how to be more compassionate to my patients and even as friends and, you know, offering that hand that others offered me because they'd been through this journey and you don't realize who those friends are, who your true friends are until you, you know, everybody's there to be, to celebrate with you. You know, you you throw a party, everybody comes, but when you are going through a tough time, there's only a few that knock on your door and say, they'll, they'll push their way through and they'll say, we're here for you. We're here to help you and hold your hand. And that's what grief taught me is to recognize my friends, my, um, and being positive in my grief and also how valuable our time is. You know, we are so complacent sometimes, you know, talking about Netflix, I can spend hours on Netflix and it will, and you know, and and one show will be a whole evening and it's just realizing how important are the, the value of time that we can't return back and, you know, things you could have done. So really paying attention to how I'm spending time with, with whom I'm spending time with um, and doing things that bring me joy. So learning how to say no to things, because you know what, at that moment in time, I really do not feel like doing it. And I shouldn't have to answer to anybody for that. It's Mm -hmm. my time and it's my choosing how Mm -hmm. and whom and where I spend it. So it's learning and navigating through those life lessons. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, tragedy made it so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really yeah. valuable because, you know, everybody's going to go through grief at some point. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that uh, what you can gain to help others through 
is, right. is a beautiful way to look at, at what you can gain from this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that during times of stress and loss and traumatic things that happen to us, that life can appear like it's just going on from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what did you do that helped you cope with your loss? And what maybe advice have you got for others to hear? How do you cope? So coping is, it's an art almost, and you'll learn it. And, you know, what you say about life, life goes on. Mm-hmm. And nothing stops. You know, there are times where I felt with coping, with grieving, it's like, just just stop, world, just let me get off to process what I'm going through, because things are still going, things still need to, bills need to be paid, and kids need to go to school, or whatever activities need to be done, you're still living life, and Mm -hmm. in a way, I felt that life moving on is a way of grieving, also, it's letting go of certain things, and coping that loss like yeah it's things are hard and it will get easier over time and learning also with coping learning also to realize when you're grieving to let the grief the emotion kind of go through your body not to hold it back mm-hmm. you know like I felt I one of the things I realized is like whenever I held anything inside of me your body can only handle so much stress and there's a lot of stress we all face being women being owners of businesses or doing work and and having children and wives and husbands and all of that and you can't hold it in it's got to let out somewhere and so when you're feeling that emotion let go um I got counseling I do see a counselor and works my through my emotions or learning how to you know, one of the things I've learned also is I cannot control what other people do. There are so many times people have done things that I have felt hurt about. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with how they have interacted with me. And learning to realize that it's not their doing, it's me letting go. Like I cannot change their reactions. I can only change how I perceive it and how um, I can change my mindset and be like, okay, if they said it, their opinion, their prerogative, that's theirs. It doesn't affect me or bother me. It's none of my business how they react. I just have to be focused on me and what's mm-hmm. important to me. It's realizing those. So, so those are those coping. And it's mm-hmm. a hard things to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a progress, learning progress. Also, I um, when there were times when I was really down, it's also reaching out to either my husband or my friends who have been supportive, like, hey, I need you and asking for help when you need it. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we think like we can do it all. We are so we're strong. We can do it all. But it's okay to ask and -hmm. it's okay to let go sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like learning to do those things. Um, And so, yeah, counseling. I've been told to meditate to kind of like remove all the other you know, so many other things that are in our mind and just kind of focus on a task at a time. That's very hard, (laughs) but I'm trying to get through it. But, you know, a lot of it is changing your own mindset um, and relearning how to process and everything and cope with it. Yeah. Seems like that mindset piece helps you take off at least some of the layers of what you have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. And really, you know, prioritizing what's important, you know, 
can this wait? Okay, I'll come back to this tomorrow and this cannot wait. So we got to do this now, you know, and, and that's how we kind of let, let ourselves not be overwhelmed because we can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, s- speaking of overwhelm and mm-hmm. prioritizing, you are busy. You mm-hmm. have many roles that you play. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a daughter, you're a, you're a business person, you're a dentist, you own your practice, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct, I do. Um, you're a lecturer, you're an author, you're a podcast host, <laughs> you play all these roles. And I'm curious how you manage all of this and if it has changed since your brother's death. Yes, um, I've asked for a lot of help. Um, I've a very supportive family. Um, my parents are very supportive. Uh, my husband, who really, your life partner needs to be supportive because grief can really break marriages. Um, and then, you know, he'll take care of the kids and being honest with my children too. Uh, that's one thing I've learned through this journey is I've never not shared anything with my kids. Like they knew what was happening. They knew the prognosis. They knew like, you know, and I tell them that life is all about, it's a journey, it's uh, ups and downs, it's life and death. And, and you're just learning these lessons. And you just learned them a little earlier than others. And that's just the, the honesty. So, um, and other things is, like I've said before, I've said no to things, I've changed the way I practice. Um, I used to practice about an hour or so away from work. Um, and it was just the style of practice was, I knew it was not going to be what I want when I'm, you know, in my later stages of my life. So reframing that, that I am about 15 minutes away from my children. If they're sick, I can bring them to work. I designed the office so that I have space for them. Um, I'm around for their activities. And, you know, one of the things was, will always be, one of us will always be there for our children. So if my husband can't be, I'll be there for their play or whatever their life needs are, um, because time's very limited with them. So, you know, it's just um, refocusing, getting a lot of support and accepting it and asking for help. Because a lot of times I would say, yeah, I'll take care of it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And now I'll be like, no, can I delegate some of this and, and do it? And, and working, yeah working close so that I'm not wasting my time driving. I'm there when they need me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sound like some um, great life changes that um, could probably benefit a lot of, a lot of people. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So we mentioned in passing that you were an author <laughs> and tell us about how your book life interrupted Dr. Dewar's survival guide came to be. Sure. So my brother was battling uh, oral cancer. He was a dentist. And in his last stages, this was, he was metastatic. Uh, Before he got the diagnosis of metastatic in December, in November, he told me, you know, I've got some of the results. I don't have the final findings, but I'm going to die and I'm okay with it. And it was very hard for me to accept that, you know, from somebody I've watched, we're almost eight years apart. So I've, seen him come home from the hospital. He's taken his first footsteps with me. I've changed his diapers. So for him to say to me, and I said, no, you're fine. And he, and then that's the time he started 
blogging or writing about his reflections on life. And he started these articles and they were published in like the dental town. And um, when I visited him in December of 21, he showed me all the articles and he said, you know, I really want this to be published. And I said, fine, I'll work on a publisher. Let's get this going. And he said, um, you know, don't rush me. I'm going to take my time. I, and I'm like, I'm like, no, you don't have time. I wanted this for him to be something he want, you know, to see in person. However, um, I flew back and he had written the last uh, on new beginnings about life leaving and, you know, leaving this earth. And he talks about a lot of things. And um, when he passed, it was very sudden, it, you know, with cancer, it wasn't something that we had a day to eat. And I did not get to see him in person either. I said goodbye to him on WhatsApp. And so when I came here to Canada and um, I walked in his house and everything was the same, you know, life kept going. Um, trees were chirping. The sun was out. His medications were still there in uh, by his bed. Um, he had kept, he was getting palliative care at home. So everything was all he had. Um, a Plorex, which is a machine to help uh, remove fluid from the lungs. He had a lot of lung buildup because of metastatic cancer. So all of that equipment was still there. His food, he's like, I'm going to eat this when I get better, still in the fridge, blankets. So it was, everything was there, but him. And it was his life interrupted. Mm -hmm. So that's where the title in this book came around because I sat down with his laptop, pulled all the articles, and I, since I was already had a publisher in mind, we're like, I got to get this book going. And I couldn't do anything else for him, you know, because I lived in States. He lived in Canada. I couldn't be there for treatment. COVID played a large factor. Traveling to the country was hard. Um, he was immunocompromised with COVID. It was hard for me to be with him in person. And um, so I couldn't do anything else for him. I couldn't save him. I couldn't help detect it early. I couldn't help him in his decision making. Um, I couldn't help save him. All I could do was get this writing, get, make his last or honor his last wishes, and in some way help others, you know, with what he's written and his wordings. Yeah. Mm. And, so that, and look at what it's done. How beautiful. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we created this, this podcast of the same name with the intention that we interviewed a closest of his friends, the inner circle who seen him in his last days and creating something that it was a way to just share unexpressed love that COVID stole from us. You know, I foresee myself lucky that I was there to say the last goodbye, I was able to see his body, plan his funeral. Um, I was able to hold a memoriam for him, but we were only allowed 10 people because of COVID restrictions. So a lot of that grieving did not happen and COVID stole that opportunity. So the podcast, the book, it was all a way to help grieve, to feel connected mm -hmm. Um because I was sharing his story on his laptop and his words. Mm -hmm. So it, this was all part of the grieving process and it was his last desire. So, mm -hmm. so here it came around. What a yeah. special way to honor his request and to um, 
honor his legacy. Um, and so I just want everyone to know that we'll have a link to the book in the show notes. Um, and it's called Life Interrupted, Dr. Dua's Survival Guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he called his collection of blogs. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, I love what you've brought, what you've learned, how you've navigated and how you're continuing to honor him and help others um, with, with life, basically. And because this is all part of life. And so it is. And unfortunately, with life, you know, we as with time, we cannot reverse it. I cannot go back and alter things. Mm-hmm. And there'll be things in life we will regret doing or we will regret happening or they don't go as we planned it. Mm-hmm. All we can do is change the future. Mm-hmm. And so if some good, somebody gets an early detection, pays more sign, you know, to their bodies or changes to their outlook of life and doing things that bring them joy, putting things in perspective. Mm-hmm. If I can change somebody or save a life, I know it'll be good serving. <laughs> well, and I, I'd be willing to bet you've already done that many times with all of your your mm-hmm. effort. So thank um, you. Yeah. Um, speaking of change, changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing that um we kind of went through some changes when we were thinking of uh, creating the mint door was what color was our door going to be? And Mm -hmm. we we came up with several different colors, but we settled on mint for several different reasons. Um, But I'm curious if you were to pick a color for your door, if you were to change your front door to a color, what would it be? Blue. Blue. Blue is just, Calming reminds me of water. You know, one of the sports I love is swimming because it's just, there's no noise. Mm -hmm. There's no music. There's nobody talking. It's just the soothing sound of water. And it's very calming and just the serenity of it all. So I would pick blue. Mm. Yeah. That's a nice color. I love it. And great great reasons as well behind Mm. (laughs) it. next time I go swimming I'm going to listen now be more conscious of the sound of the water yeah it's very it's very soothing now as high achievers we're busy and we don't often get time to stop and listen to the pool water or you know do things like that but what's one thing that brings you joy in your everyday life an activity or a thing or what do you do that brings joy travel like, I love to travel, love exploring, because the world is, we're so big, but we're so connected at the same time, and just experiencing new, you know, just breaking the monotony of life, and just experiencing new sounds, new flavors, new tastes, new people, what you learn, it's just such a big world out there, and just to have an open heart, and and just receive, you know, it's the universe, we're all connected. And I've realized this with my, after my Manu's journey and things and signs that have accepted from him, um, which is a whole topic for another day. I've have, I've realized that he's around me and, and I feel like just opening your world to the universe. And, and so with traveling, I feel that connection that we're really all together in this one tiny little rock going through space. And, um, 
and just being open and accepting of it all. Mm. Yeah. If I can get a bonus question, I'll piggyback sure. it up. Where's <laughs> next? Um, why? Mm. I don't know. Um, this book and this definitely opened me, has met me through amazing people that I've met on, like you, not in real life, but on podcasts mm-hmm. and feel so connected with. Uh, it's definitely getting me into lecturing, maybe speaking, um, sharing my journey, because I didn't have that. I didn't have anybody else who was in my shoes at that time that I knew was navigating through all of this. So if I can be of help, then so be it. So really just speaking and sharing, you know, mm-hmm. that we're more than we are. And we're very powerful people if we just be open. Yeah. Yeah. We hope we bump into you somewhere. Exactly. Yes, that'd be exciting. <laughs> in real life. <laughs> in real life. In real life. Yes, yes. Yes. For sure. Oh, well, and it's so fun to just, um, podcasts are just wonderful because it's an opportunity to get to know somebody better um, when you can't be in real life. Right. Um, And so one of the ways that we get to know people a little better, Karen and I were talking, um, and this brings us to a brand new mint door question, but it's um, talking about maybe something that not too many people know about you. And so, for instance, when Karen and I were visiting about this, um, Karen told me that when she was 16, she was a junior sports journalist. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And she actually covered some Premier League teams. <laughs> Crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and so that led me to think about, you know, sports. And, um, in my younger years, I qualified for the Boston marathon and I did it on a hundred percent plant-based diet. Wow. So impressive. Yeah. So those were two things about us. So we were wondering if you could share with our audience, maybe something that not everybody knows about you. Oh my gosh. Um, just because I've lived in so many different places all over the world, I have, held three different countries' passports. <laughs> and I have learned, not that I know, but I have in my lifetime learned eight languages. But I can only speak four fluently and maybe read and write three. <laughs> only four and only three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just because, you know, just with life's journey. So, yeah. That's amazing. What three countries, can I ask? Sure, India, that's where I was born. And now I have a dual citizenship of US and Canada. Mm-hmm. So fun. <laughs> so fun. It's, it's so fun. And I will tell you something um, maybe after the recording stops. A fun story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll have to uh, run into Pearl at, um, in real life to maybe hear that rest of that story. <laughs> yeah. Like a cliff, the ultimate the cliffhanger. The ultimate dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I love it. Well, we certainly appreciate your time today, sharing your wisdom, your journey um, with us. And we'd just love to know what's the best way to find out more about you um, sure. we, we said we put all of this in the show notes. So if someone wanted to reach out, what would be the best way? 
you could on Instagram and Facebook with PDM Family Dental, P. Peter, D. David, and Mary Family Dental, or my email, which is, um, you can share that. It's P-A-R-U-L underscore D-U-A at yahoo.com. And I think I've had this email since I was in college. (laughs) I never changed. But those are the best ways to reach me at. Um, Yeah. Fantastic. And of course, we'll include the the link to the book and to the podcast in our show notes. So be sure and check those out because um, both very special and gifts that you have given to the world um, in honor of your brother and his legacy. So thank you. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you for being with us. And thanks everyone for joining us for another important edition of the Mentor Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Love it. <laughs>